Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. For many of us, the arrival of the COVID-19 vaccine was a symbol of hope after several months of living through a devastating pandemic. But understandably, there are a lot of questions around how the vaccine works and whether or not it's safe to take. Joining me to talk about all things COVID-19 vaccine is Dr. Nathan Delafield. He is a district medical group internal medicine physician and assistant professor of medicine at Valleywise Health Community Health Center South Phoenix. Dr. Delafield, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Dr. White. Most of us in the medical field were overjoyed about the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. Have you received your vaccination yet? I was very fortunate uh, to have received my my Pfizer biotech vaccine, uh, my last dose approximately one month ago. Was that an important moment for you? Given all that we've experienced throughout this pandemic, from not having sufficient protective equipment to effective therapies early on, having received the vaccine was momentous for me and for so many of my colleagues as an opportunity to finally fight back against something that has taken so much from us. It truly has been just a remarkable sentiment in scientific discovery and knowledge to come from a time from a virus we didn't know one year ago to be able to learn about it, sequence it, do all of the work we needed to do to be able to create this vaccine, to have an effective tool against this pandemic has been truly remarkable. Given the pace of how this was developed, did you have any hesitation in taking the vaccine when it was offered? I did not. And the reason I didn't is because uh, the, the cost of allowing this virus to continue throughout our communities was too high. I trust the science and the incredible scientists that implemented the important research to bring this vaccine to the market. And I trusted, you know, our government to, to implement it in a way that made sense for our communities to best protect us and to get us back on our feet. Certainly, we have been seeing over the last few weeks here in Arizona, COVID numbers continually to decrease. Do you think this is part in due to the vaccine, or are there other things here that are at play? Dr. White, I'd like to say that the vaccine was is certainly playing a role. The fact is, I don't know that we, we know that just yet. I, the last time I checked, approximately 11% of uh, Arizonans have been vaccinated with at least one dose, fewer uh, with both doses. But what I think has really played a role in slowing the spread of this virus has been getting away from the holiday season where we saw so many families getting together and uh, also the fact that so many Arizonans have taken the responsibility to appropriately wear a mask, socially distance, wash their hands, stay home while sick. And so perhaps a small fraction of, of the decline in COVID cases was due to the vaccine. But I think right now what we're seeing 
is more so all of those other mitigation strategies that have been done by so many Americans, so many Arizonans specifically. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I do think it is this multifactorial thing that's really helped us see this wonderful decline. Certainly, you know, you and I as frontline healthcare workers certainly uh, recognize the tremendous stress that we have been under as being able to continue to deliver healthcare through this pandemic. Absolutely. And any of these measures that have been able to help us see a decline in the positive cases has truly been a warranted respite for a lot of individuals of this. I'm hopeful that we can continue to sustain this because, again, it demonstrates, you know, everybody's personal resolve and resilience to be able to embrace these things that we know are beneficial to help us get through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. With all of that, are you surprised that some people are still skeptical about getting the vaccine? I'm not I'm not surprised about it. And the reason I'm not surprised, Dr. White, is because when we look at this type of vaccine, it is new technology. We've never before used an mRNA vaccine for a virus in this kind of way. And so it was pushed along quickly, but thoughtfully. And so I understand that there's a lot of skepticism in general about vaccines that compounded by the fact that this moved along fairly quickly. But when I think about it, all of that was done very intentionally. The, the cost of allowing this virus to continue at the pace that it was, was far too high. And as a result, we needed to push along the science. But the other thing that I think about and that inspires me is that the entire world, both private organizations and businesses, the government, the American people, scientists from all over the world came together focused on one task. And when people work together like that, I think we can accelerate science and discovery in a way that makes sense. And so it doesn't surprise me at the skepticism, but it also brings me a sense of, of reassurance that we moved quickly because we had to. And as a result, we've come to find a vaccine or several vaccines that are not only incredibly effective, but safe, and that will get us out of this terrible pandemic. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the latest information on the COVID-19 vaccine and what you need to know if you're still on the fence. For the latest information about COVID-19, please visit cdc.gov or your local public health website. Valleywisehealth.org also offers a great deal of information about this disease. As you are interacting with patients and individuals within the community, how are they feeling about getting the vaccine and what sort of questions do they have? There are so many questions that exist. You know, is this safe? Is what was the was the vaccine created too quickly? What are the short term and long term side effects of getting the vaccine? Uh, are there any reasons why I might not be eligible uh, for the vaccine? There are lots of people that are incredibly excited about the idea that they can uh, get back to a sense of normalcy. And this is perhaps one of the few ways where we can do that, where we can see and embrace our family members and loved ones uh, in a way that we previously did. And so, you know, a lot of the, the these are a lot of the questions that are coming up. People want to be reassured that by getting this vaccine, they're not going to get sick from the COVID-19 virus. People also want to know that there aren't going to be any life-threatening side effects that occur as a result of getting the vaccination. 
certainly we see some of this vaccine hesitancy. And, and for those reasons that you have, uh, you know, are articulated, I do think that it's been fairly reassuring, you know, as of, you know, you alluded to earlier, we see the demand be so high for mm -hmm. people that are wanting to take the vaccine. And here recently in Arizona, just recently crossed the threshold of having 1 million individuals that have been vaccinated across the state is truly a testament to folks and individuals understanding, again, more of that personal responsibility around that and accountability to help us get back and out of this pandemic. You know, as we look at this, I know that there's been a number of questions. So I'm going to ask you some of these questions that I know have been asked of us, you know, within ValleyWise Health to us those, uh, as physicians. First, explain the rollout process in Arizona and why everyone has not been eligible to get vaccine when they want it. Throughout the country and specifically here in Arizona, the rollout was, was really thoughtful. And the reason for that is uh, at the very beginning of the vaccine rollout, there wasn't necessarily uh, as much supply uh, of the vaccine as we would have liked. And we wanted to make sure that we protected those that were most at risk of not only encountering the virus, but also getting very sick and potentially dying from this virus. And so the local and federal government came together uh, CDC with CDC guidance to roll out a plan on who we might protect first. And not only that, but I was inspired by the fact that they also had the consideration of not only who are we going to protect because of who is most vulnerable, but how do we also begin to think about how we get back on our feet as a community. And so as a result, they established the phases 1A, which included individuals living in long-term care facilities and healthcare workers who are exposed to COVID-19 at higher rates. Also individuals who work at long-term care facilities for those patients, because we did see dramatic rise in those cases, mostly because of those individuals living in single family homes or congregate care facilities and were very high risk due to their age. Then there was 1B, where we, we currently are, which are individuals uh, ages 75 and up, in addition to teachers, which were prioritized very intentionally. Certainly an exciting time. And as you, you know, noted, it, it's been a very thoughtful strategy, just depending on how much of this vaccine has been available to distri distribute. You know, it's been truly a logistical challenge, you know, mm -hmm. with the way that these special mRNA vaccines, as you alluded to, being new technology, the storage requirements and some of the ways that they have to be, you know, handled have truly tested uh, the ability to do these mass vaccinations. And as we continue to learn more and refine these processes, it really is going to improve our ability to get this into a wider range of population over the next few months. Absolutely. I agree with that. How does this vaccine actually work? These two mRNA vaccines specifically that we've been talking about. So uh, mRNA is essentially a blueprint, a blueprint that is uh, that provides our body the ability to recognize something that is foreign, create uh, antibodies and other immune system responses to that foreign item, 
quickly degrade itself such that it does not embed itself into our DNA or into our genetic makeup and allow our bodies to create a memory of protection against the COVID-19 virus. Specifically, what this blueprint shows is the spike protein, which is a protein on the outside of the virus that is responsible for the virus entering into our human cells. And so essentially, after receiving this vaccine, our bodies are able to create a uh, uh, an antibody response, also uh, other immune system responses, including cells like the T cells that can recognize the virus if it ever presents itself to our body. And as a result, we're able to not only uh, fight off the virus and, and avoid becoming sick, but hopefully what we will find over time is that not only it prevents, uh, uh, not only will it hopefully prevent not only uh symptomatic infection, but we, we are hoping to find that it might prevent asymptomatic infection. And certainly what we have found to this point is that it does prevent a serious illness and, and death from the virus. Today, Dr. Nathan Delafield is answering your top questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical group provider at ValleyWise Health by calling 833 833- 855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the Book Appointment button. So we learned about this, and we learned about these mRNA vaccines. Why do we need to have two doses? Through the research that was done on the vaccine, we know that two weeks after the first vaccine was given, there's a, a, the development of an immune response. Your body begins to recognize the virus and produce antibodies so that you are somewhat protected. But what we know is that individuals who receive their second dose are allowed a, a higher res, uh, immune response and more protection. And so as a result, first demonstrating the the vaccine to the immune system allows us to create embers of an immune response. But really re-exposing the body to the second dose uh, accelerates and provides a more strong response such that uh, to this point, we know individuals who have received their second COVID-19 vaccine approximately, approximately two weeks later are 95% protected from becoming symptomatically ill from the virus and nearly 100% protected from becoming severely ill or dying from the virus. And so that second dose is really very critical to make sure that we're optimizing the immune system's response and providing the most protection possible. It is truly a, a testament, again, to the science around this and really the way that we've been able to offer such a vast amount of protection you know, against the truly life-altering and debilitating effects um, of this virus from that. So as people take the vaccine, what are some of the most common side effects? I know when I received my vaccine, you know, first dose wasn't too bad. I had a little bit of a sore arm from there. Uh, with the second dose, probably a little bit more intense. Again, a little sore arm, but then I know I had 
personally a headache, some muscle aches and pains from that. What are some other things or other side effects that you've heard that patients may experience by taking this vaccine? I would agree with you. The, after the first vaccine, I had really only some injection site pain, um, soreness of my arm, uh, and uh, that resolved within several hours. After my second vaccine, about 24 hours in, I developed some chills, fatigue, body aches, um, and that too resolved within 24 hours um, and uh, went away. The most common side effects experienced from the uh, the vaccines include in- injection site pain, um, soreness at the at the injection site, fatigue, headache, or or muscle aches. Now, all of these symptoms are more common and usually more. Um, uh, pronounced after the second vaccine. And that's uh, a a result of the immune system recognizing the virus for a second time. Now, other uh, perhaps a little less common side effects include joint pain, chills, nausea, swelling, and even um, there has been some reports of diarrhea. Uh, from from the the vaccine. However, these are the more more common side effects. Really uncommon side effects include severe life threatening reactions and anaphylaxis. Those are very very rare, on the order of five per two point eight million doses of the the vaccine. And most of those cases come from individuals who have had prior episodes of severe allergic reactions from a vaccine. And so uh, really overall, we would say that the side effect profile is fairly mild uh, and, and, and has demonstrated uh, good safety. Yeah, I think those are all very, very reassuring uh, around that, that these are self-limited, you know, uh, side effects that people recover quickly. We haven't seen any long-term or any damaging side effects from vaccine administration um, over this relatively short period of time that the vaccines have been available. Certainly of the vaccines we've administered here within Valleywise Health, we have had no significant adverse reactions at all, which is also, again, a very reassuring find. One of the other questions I still get quite a bit is, if you've had COVID-19 disease, are you recommending that your patients that have had this be vaccinated? I am. Now, I'm recommending that for, for several reasons, and it is recommended from the, the CDC uh, and other experts that individuals who have been previously infected with COVID-19 become get vaccinated. Part of the reason is that we are now one year into this uh, virus affecting our communities. And so we are not sure of the duration of protection that natural infection provides us. We do assume that the individuals that have been recently infected likely have some level of protection against reinfection, uh, but but to the best of our knowledge, that protection may only last as long as three months. There are some data to suggest that there is a longer benefit, but that can't be sure. And what we also don't know is whether or not natural immunity from having had the infection is as protective as the, vi- the the vaccine is for our bodies. And so as a result, I'm definitely recommending my patients that have recovered from COVID-19 infections to, be, to get vaccinated. Um, now, there are several guidelines out 
uh, by the the CDC and other expert groups that uh, recommend one of two strategies. The first strategy is consider delaying your vaccine um, uh, at least three months from when you were infected and recovered from your your infection. Now, part of that is because we want to prioritize those who have no immunity whatsoever uh, from the from the the virus. However, uh, a growing uh, uh, foundation of of recommendations is that individuals should try to get the vaccine whenever they can once they have recovered from the virus. And generally, that is my recommendation, is that if you are eligible and if the the vaccine becomes available to you, get the vaccine as long as you have recovered, you're out of your quarantine period, and uh, and it is available to you, the more the merrier. We want to continue to protect our community and get to a point of herd immunity. Amen. I, it's absolutely what I've been telling folks that have asked me that question as well. If you're not at home being under a quarantine for COVID-19 and you have the opportunity to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. It's really important to start this series. You know, one of the final questions that I have is, is how much does this cost our patients to receive the vaccine? The vaccine is is at no cost to individual patients. Now, you may be asked about your insurance status, and and the federal government may have an agreement with insurance companies, but there is no out-of-pocket cost for individuals who are interested in getting this vaccine um, as a mandate to to encourage and to reduce the barriers for individuals getting protected from this virus. Once we have the vaccine, so some people like you and I that have received both doses of our vaccines, you know, in our work as healthcare clinicians and healthcare providers, do we still need to wear a mask and maintain distancing after getting this vaccine? Yes. And the reason for ongoing distancing, ongoing mask wearing, hand hygiene, and all of those really important strategies Um these need to to remain in place for now. And and the reason is, is because we don't know if individuals who have been vaccinated can asymptomatically transmit the virus. And we we want to be continue to protect those who are most vulnerable. And so we can, we recommend that until we reach a point where the virus is no longer transmitted within our communities, that we protect ourselves and we protect others by continuing those three important steps, mask wearing, physically distancing, hand hygiene. Wonderful. Every show we like to ask our guests, what are three ways that listeners can take action on the information we've heard today? Certainly you just did one great example of three ways, and that's continuing to wear our masks, maintaining social distancing, continuing to keep um, practice good head hygiene. What are maybe two other ways that we can use this information that we talked about today? I would encourage our listeners to visit the Arizona Department of Health Services website regularly as information is changing on almost a daily basis to see when they might be eligible for this vaccine. And certainly when you are eligible or when you know someone who is eligible, help them to get uh, registered or get registered yourself spread the good word and 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 certainly ask the important questions that you may have to your healthcare provider so that we can dismantle some of the myths and we can encourage our community to get back on its feet to to get rid of this virus and to protect ourselves and our loved ones that's one recommendation that i would have um and you know the second the the, the second recommendation that i would have is 
to remain engaged and and to um, you know keep yourself as healthy as possible. Uh, it's important to 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 not. It's also important to focus on any chronic medical conditions that you may have to remain physically active during this time and to also protect yourself and your your mental well being during this period of time that has been tremendously challenging for so many Americans and so many Arizonans specifically. But keeping yourself in a good state of health can certainly benefit you when we, when we think about this virus and how it has affected our communities. Dr. Nathan Delafield, District Medical Group Physician at Valley West Health, thank you so much for your time today and all you do to keep our community safe and healthy. Thank you, Dr. White. I really appreciate you having me on. If you missed any part of today's show or want to learn more, you can find all of our podcasts and blogs online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.